Welcome back to Flying Wall. I'm Alex. I'm Anisha. And today we have Representative Ro Khanna on the pod. But first, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever else you get your podcast, and follow us on social media. We're at Fly on the Wall Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And feel free to send us some comments. Fly on the Wall Podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. So now back to Rokana. Um, Rep Khanna represents California's 17th district, encompassing parts of Silicon Valley. He previously served as a Deputy Assistant Secretary of Commerce in the Obama administration. Now let's welcome Rep Rokana to the podcast. Congressman Rokana, thank you so much for uh, coming on Fly on the Wall. We're excited to have you. It's great to be on. So we want to start a little bit by talking about your work in the Obama administration. And on the campaign, you worked on his campaign in Illinois for State Senate back in 1996. Uh, so you've been around him for a while. And then later in the White House as his Deputy Assistant Secretary in the Commerce Department. So tell us more about campaigning uh, back in 1996 for the man who would eventually become president. What was that like? Well, it was a pure coincidence. I was uh, not that interested in electoral politics. And I was working as a volunteer at Blue Gargoyle that helped uh, kids in math and science, as any uh, young Indian American would do in college. And the head of that blue gargoyle was a person named Will Hurd. And Will Hurd uh, was the field director for Obama's state senate campaign, and he convinced me to come knock on doors for him. Now, what I didn't realize at the time was that Obama had already won the race. He had managed to disqualify any other serious opponent, but they were going through uh, still having the door knocking and others to show that he was connected. And so I went out and knocked on doors for the campaign. And I had a letter from the president saying, uh, thanking me for knocking on doors, which I'm sure he sent out to many of the volunteers. And so later when I see him 12 years later uh, become president, I send in that letter along with other things and I get selected. Uh, the lesson I think is very simple at Georgetown, people who want to work for the president should just figure out who's going to be president 12 years later and go work <laughs> on a state senate campaign. If only were that simple, right? Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of this is uh, serendipity. Uh, what isn't serendipity is if you're interested in politics and you say per stay persistent, you usually do eventually get a break like that. So um, after the campaign, many years later, why were you interested in working for uh, President Obama and the administration, and what led to you getting a position in the Commerce Department under President Obama? Well, he was an absolutely historic president. I mean, the first African-American president in our country, the first person of color and elected to lead a Western nation in a major nation. Uh, someone whose grandfather, like mine, had suffered from British colonialism. Someone who had talked about transcending race and transcending our divides. And he was elected at a time where we controlled Congress. Nancy was speaker. We controlled the Senate. I thought, this is going to be an administration that makes history and makes a difference and I want to be part of it. And I did everything possible to get a job. It was like a campaign. I had everyone I knew call and I must have emailed and harassed uh, everyone uh, uh, who I could to, to, uh, uh, to call for my behalf. And uh, I, uh, I, after a lot of persistence, I got the job. So how, uh, how different do you think it is working in the executive branch versus now being a member of Congress? And do you have a preference between the two? I loved working for the president, but I probably have a preference of being a member of Congress because you can speak in your own voice and you're not constrained. When you're in, working for the president, as you should, you're uh, in a huge bureaucracy and you have to get 10, 12 different people to sign off on something before you can 
share your opinion because ultimately the only opinion that matters is the president's and you have to be very disciplined and a team player. In Congress, you're your own voice and uh, whether it's a Yemen or whether it's uh, an Internet Bill of Rights, I get to speak my mind. So um, moving on to um, a more like, recent event, so in March of 2017, you, trans uh, you traveled to Paintsville, Kentucky with other members of Congress to learn more about and support a program training residents of the area in coding and other computer skills. So what made you decide to spend some time in Kentucky, an area not in your district, to promote coding? Well, I got invited by Hal Rogers, who was the congressman there, and he uh, said, you know, you represent Silicon Valley, my district, Silicon Hollow, you should come. Uh, we're doing tech stuff. So I went almost out of curiosity. Now, when I landed in Louisville, I was greeted with Indian food there. I, I would never have thought that, uh, you know, modern-day Louisville would have uh, Indian food. Uh, and the company that was training these workers at Paintsville and coding was by Uncle Jane, a young Indian American. So uh, I went and I was treated uh, with great enthusiasm. And people were excited that this young representative from Silicon Valley was there. And coal miners' kids talked with such enthusiasm, such joy about these new possibilities uh, for their lives, where they get to stay in Paintsville, a city they love, but now work for people uh, or companies doing projects across the state, across the nation. And that's the possibility of technology. So uh, do you think it would be beneficial uh, for other members of Congress working on initiatives to be working on initiatives like this outside their district? Of or do you course. think they should be focusing you know, on more of what their constituency is looking at? Well, it's probably a little bit of both, but uh, I think one of the biggest divides we have is we are not listening to each other. We're not uh, seeing things from our other people's perspectives. And the nation is just so divided. It would do some good to actually go into districts where, which are dissimilar from yours and to see the economic uh, aspirations there, to see uh, the cultural aspirations, to try to uh, bridge some of the divides, to treat people with respect, to show up, uh, to understand uh, your own, our own stereotypes about them and their stereotypes about us. Uh, so I uh, have found it uh, absolutely critical uh, to help uh, heal the divides of this country. And my district is very supportive. Some of the loudest applause I get in a district that is very, very liberal, uh, voted overwhelmingly for Hillary Clinton and uh, was very supportive of Bernie Sanders in the primary, is when I say, look, I went to a Republican district and here's uh, here are the things I'm working on to bridge the divide, or I worked with a Republican to advance this piece of legislation. And people, people want that. They still want that aspiration in this country. So is there anything you learned from um, your trip to Kentucky from the residents in Kentucky that you might <coughs> not have expected going in? Yeah, I did. I, I, you know, I learned uh, and was surprised by how much they got the transformation in the digital economy. I would have thought uh, they would be resistant or they wouldn't uh, really want to embrace it. And I think I realized that those are prejudices that folks on the coast have. The roundtable in, in Kentucky was all about diversification and embracing uh, technology and figuring out what that meant for the community. Uh, and it, they were such knowledgeable, sophisticated, nuanced conversations that it did take me for surprise. But now I'm not surprised because I know that that expertise, that vision uh, exists in every part of this country. And so then thinking about bringing that trip back to D.C. and back to the Hill, how do you think the trip impacts the policy and legislative work you do in Congress? I think it impacts the type of programs that I'm uh, pushing for, uh, investments in tech apprenticeships, investments in 
tech institutes across America, investments in tech hire that helps enable public-private partnerships for jobs. Uh, it influences the relationships I built across the aisle to move legislation. So I have been successful in working with, for example, Senator Rob Portman to pass a bill. Uh, we've passed the committees on the House or the Senate uh, to modernize our federal websites. Most people would think you don't need a bill to do that, but you do. Uh, and so it's really given me a perspective of uh, what we can do to uh, have more tech jobs across the country and how to work across the aisle to do that. So um, our last part of the podcast is going to be a light. Yeah. So we're just going to ask you um, a few questions very quickly. Great. Um, so favorite food? I love uh, salmon and I love uh, uh, Indian uh, tikka salmon. <laughs> Very healthy. Uh, okay, favorite thing to do in your district? You know, I uh, the Sharks or, or 49ers, I guess probably the 49ers. I like going to a 49ers game. Uh, I enjoy enjoy going out to different places to eat. I mean, we've got such different cuisines in our district. Favorite member of Congress to work with? I love working with Tim Ryan. I mean, we've done a number of these trips to different districts, and he's terrific. Great. Well, uh, Congressman, thank you so much for coming on Fly on the Wall. I uh, really enjoyed the interview, learned a lot. Um, and uh, thank you again. Well, thank you guys for doing it. Thanks so much for listening to this week's edition of Fly on the Wall Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. I certainly did. Learned a lot uh, from Representative Connor. Be sure to subscribe to us uh, and follow the podcast on uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and shoot us an email, flyonthewallpodcast at gmail.com. We'll see you next week.